Coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina, and across the sandy beaches of the Carolina coast, take warning, this is Kaniac Sessions. Kaniac Sessions. Providing you with in-depth coverage of your Carolina Hurricanes. And now, let's get on to the session with your hosts, Griff and A.B. Hello out there, Kaniac Nation. Thanks for joining us for Session 29, finally, of Kaniac Sessions. I'm Griff. I'm A.B. And I'm Brandon. And today, we are back again uh even though we were back last time too we're back again this time sorry for the delay it's been two weeks since we've gotten a session out but um life is life and we got ab over here becoming a famous broadcaster uh calling some softball games for uh barton Mm -hmm. doing a phenomenal job may i add appreciate it appreciate it very tiring but a lot of fun (laughs) So you were already my favorite goalie. Now you're my favorite broadcaster too. Yeah, absolutely. Two so check Trip, Trace, Trip Tracy's got to move over. My favorite goalie <laughs> broadcaster is not him anymore. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, life life happens. Uh, we're back, and we will try to avoid these delays moving forward. But it is what it is. Um, so thanks for listening. Uh, if you didn't hear already, I'm sure you have. Uh, Brandon from the Warning Take joins us again for session 29, um, our favorite recurring guest. So, Brandon, thanks for jumping on with us. We uh, we always Thank appreciate it. And like the love the conversation. Um, by now, if you've listened to us long enough, you know where to find him. Uh, the Warning Take on YouTube. Check him out. Um, lots of in depth uh, pieces on various things surrounding the team um, and prospect some stuff on prospects some stuff on current players past players just all kinds of good stuff so check it out um but before we get going here guys first things first we're brought to you by DraftKings. as a member of thpn that's the hockey podcast network uh we are about two three weeks away from sports betting coming to north carolina march 11th the day uh i can't wait so in the meantime between now and then, go ahead and download DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code THPN when doing so to score some bonus bets. Uh, Kaniac Sessions is also a promotional partner with SeatGeek. First-time ticket purchasers can create an account with SeatGeek. Use promo code Kaniac Sessions. That's one word, no space between Kaniac and Sessions, and get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Utilize that. Take advantage of that. All right, guys, let's get going. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So last time in session 28 was right after the Vancouver game where Carolina dropped at home three to two. And since then, the team has played six games. We've uh, hosted Colorado uh, with a 5-2 win, we hosted the Devils on Whalers night. We got a 1-0 overtime win. Uh, we hosted Dallas, or excuse me, we were away at Dallas. That was a 4-2 loss. Uh, team played well, I thought. But uh, then at Arizona, a 5-1 win. And then at Vegas, in a 3-1 win to sweep the regular season series against the former, uh, excuse me, the defending Stanley Cup champs. And then uh, we returned home Monday night. Uh, and a 6-3 win against uh, Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks. Team is currently 33-17-5. That's good for 71 points through 55 games. Uh, it's second place in the Metro Division for those keeping track. Six points behind the dreaded Rangers with a game in hand. Uh, we're at 55 games played. The Rangers have 56 played. Uh, they pulled out an overtime win against the Stars last night as of recording. I really was hoping they would drop to the stars, but they did not. Um, currently fourth in the Eastern Conference behind Florida, New York, and well, New York Rangers and Boston. Um, but I think all are within reach, guys. Uh, what do you think? We're six points behind uh, third place in the Eastern Conference, but um, I don't know. How do you how do you see this conference shaping up? 
I don't, I would think that honestly, Florida is probably going to be one. Uh, if I had to predict, I think Boston would take over new the Rangers. Uh, but all I really care about is the Metro standings. And honestly, I'm fine being second because if the Flyers play the way they're playing and keep keep playing their, the way they're playing and how we're playing and how the Rangers are playing, we can easily play the Flyers instead of, you know, if we have to go against uh, – we have to go against – a I wild totally card team. Lost, yeah, wild card team. So yeah. that's that's what I I'd rather face um the flyers compared to being dropping to a wild card and playing assuming the, the flyers hang on to third. Yeah, that's also true, but I think they will, honestly. I don't see them taking the step back. I agree. What do you think? What do you think? It'll Brandon? be it'll be like by the skin of their teeth, it'll probably be like two or four points, but I think Philly will hold on to third. I mean, they've already well exceeded expectations this year and Tortorella even put something out today about um, how he talked to some of the players that could potentially be getting moved and everything because they want to stick to their plan and everything. But honestly, it's not really, um, I don't think it's really imperative for Carolina to win the division because we've won the division how many times now and we haven't got to the end goal yet. Home ice advantage is good for Carolina because they play better when they dictate matchups. But last season in particular, they proved they can win on the road. So Mm -hmm. I'm not really so much worried about the home or how much home ice advantage they have, because if you win the first game on the road, home ice shifts to you anyway. So what I'm more worried about is what are they going to do to take this great regular season and pretty good playoff team and make it a cup winning team at the deadline. That's where my concerns at. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm not one to like try to dictate or, or, or you know, yeah, I guess dictate matchups and try to mm-hmm. position yourself based upon a matchup. And I don't think, you know, these teams are either, you know, maybe some to a certain extent. But um, I mean, if you can win the division, I mean, if you can, if you're in position to win the division, then yeah, I'll win the division. But like you said, I don't really think it's necessary. And if I'm being honest, I'd kind of rather play the Flyers than whoever that wild card team is. You know, that's I mean, that wild card race down there is is, is going to be close. So whoever mm-hmm. gets it is going to be playing well. Yeah, because then it makes it look like it's either the Flyers or a pretty healthy now New Jersey. Because I mean, they yeah. got everybody back except Dougie Hamilton, and that's about it, ain't it? Uh, yeah, well, their goaltending is a huge problem right now. Well, right. Too. But one is one solve that. One can assume that they're going to have somebody else in net come playoff time. Uh, maybe by the name of Markstrom. Uh, we'll see. Hammer Soros. I think <laughs> that they're going to go right. for it. Yeah. Well, we know that the uh, we know that Jersey's been talking to Calgary about Markstrom. That's been well documented, and I think it was retention, salary retention, that ended up uh, putting a stop to it. But mm-hmm. they were close. So I mean, who knows? It could be revisited. We'll see. Very true. Um, but yeah, that's where we are at currently in the conference and the division. Um, but hey, the team keeps winning. I think I saw that since the Christmas break. Uh, if you were to reset the teams at zero at Christmas break, Carolina is number one since. Uh, so that's a good sign as we are getting closer to the playoffs. And, you know, I as far as the Rangers go real quick before we move on from this, I keep waiting for these dudes to lose, you know, I, I mean, and <laughs> what are they eight? They've won eight in a row now. And, uh, some ridiculous it, like that. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah, it's eight in a row. And you thought they were going to lose in the uh, stadium series the other night to the Islanders. And then they come back from a four goal deficit or three or four goal debt, whatever it was, and then pull out an overtime win. And it's just like disgusting. I hate it. Yeah, and that's happened a few times now where it's like, okay, they're not going to win this one. They take it to overtime and win it in overtime yeah. or a shootout. Especially the outdoor game. That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, now all of a sudden, I, Igor is back to his normal self. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of I, – I talked to a guy uh, the other day when I was working. He was a Rangers fan. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I want Quick to start. And I was like, well, yeah, that's pretty much the way it's looking. Then all of a sudden – Igor just sheds his terrible, like terrible bad play skin 
and yeah. like a snake yeah. and is just back to his former self. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But, you know, like like we like we were talking about, I don't think it's important to win the division. You know, it'd be nice, but it is what it is. I don't care until we get to the postseason. Then I'm be worried about the wins. But um, so last session, A.B., we said, well, we were sitting at, at the Van, after the Vancouver game, and that was the first game in the month of February. Mm-hmm. And we looked at the schedule, and we had 11 games remaining in the month of February. As we sit today, we have played six of those, or excuse me, I'm sorry. How many is it? I don't even remember. Seven. I don't even remember what I've had to eat for breakfast. So you're you're yeah. So we had the Vancouver game, and then we've had six games since then. Oh, since okay, my bad. I was thinking seven total in February. Right. Seven total in February, but six since we recorded. And we looked at the month, A B, and we said, okay. There's 11 games left in February. That's 22 points. So if mm-hmm. we were to look at the teams we are playing, uh, you know, the, a couple little road trips, we decided that if we would, if the if the Hurricanes were to get 16 of those 22 remaining points, that that would be a pretty. You could look at that and feel you know decent about it and and kind of chalk it up as a successful month. Yes. Um. Right. So far. We have gotten 10 of 12 points through those six additional games we've played this month, with the lone loss being oh, the lone loss at the Lone Star State. The Canucks. Oh, 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 I thought you said to the Dallas Stars, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so to meet our benchmark that we set of 16 points, Carolina needs to win three of the next five games in regulation to get six points or any combination of wins and overtime losses to reach uh, those points, but it's definitely attainable. And so of those five games, we have Florida at home, Dallas at home, two tough teams coming into our barn. Mm -hmm. Then we're at Buffalo at Minnesota and at Columbus. So what do you see? How, how do you guys see this shaping up? Do we get to 16? Is that a good number? Or do you kind of think that we are going to get, we thought that 18 would be like really good. And then anything below 16 would just be like, you know, we feel like we could have done better, but how do you see this month shaping up? Are we, are we going to get to those 16 or maybe, maybe beyond? Go ahead, uh, man, uh, looking at, I got the schedule right in front of me tomorrow's or by the time you're listening to this, uh, Today's game is going to be the most difficult, in my opinion, because the Panthers have just been so good uh, the past year and a half, now two years. Uh, So I could see that maybe being a trap game. I do see us beating the Stars at home. Sabres, I see that. Wild may have some trouble. And then I, I do think we'll beat the Blue Jackets. But, yeah, the only one where I'm kind of like, uh, I'm not 100% confident is the one uh, tonight against the Panthers. Uh, so I uh, when I started out the month, I was thinking 18 points. I still think we'll get that. Here's where I'm going to – here's where I might sound a little crazy. I think that they're going to win both games the rest of this week, Florida and Dallas. They'll win them both. I will be very surprised if they win both of them in regulation, though, because mm-hmm. they're both really good teams. They're both contenders, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think where attrition is going to start to set in for them is when they get ready to turn around and play a 6 o'clock game on Sunday in Buffalo. If they're going to start going on a little bit of a skid, I think it'll be around that time. They're saving graces. They're not playing really good teams that week. But I think that they, you know they're just focusing on the on the short target right now win Thursday, win Saturday, I still think that they'll get at least 18 points this month. I feel like whenever the Canes play the Wild, it's just something about the Wild. I I don't, I don't know what it is. We just look different mm-hmm. when we play the Wild, and I guess it's because they have more power forward lines, uh, and as well mm-hmm. they have Crow Kaprizov, who's phenomenal. Yeah. But yeah, that that's the that's the game besides the Panthers where I'm kind of like. Uh, I mean, it's either you, if you show up flat, you're done or with these other games, if you show up flat, oh, you can, you know, kind of recuperate, but yeah, that I, yeah, I agree with that. Well, just to weigh in on this Florida game, um, 
coming off two days rest for the Canes. Um, you lost to Florida in Florida 5-2 earlier this year. I forgot about that. Right. And this will be Florida's first return to Raleigh since the uh, Eastern Conference final last year. So if these guys are not up for this game, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you, but I expect I expect them to be up for this game, ready to go, motivated, ready to for some payback, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Florida's on a heater right now, and, and they're playing excellent hockey. But uh, I think those dudes are about to come into Raleigh and hit the Canes train, man. It's about to happen. It's about to go down. I, I think okay. so, too. I think Bunce and Kachuk will be a nice little gritty matchup if they are on the ice together. <laughs> oh, that's going to be really interesting because Tony's probably going to be in the lineup too since Chatty looks like he's still going to be out. It's going to – there's going to be yeah, some sandpaper be... exchanged. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Maybe bring I'll Brendan Lemieux in. No, I'm just I don't know if we – I don't know if we'll see Lemieux. Probably not. Yeah. But no, nobody, I'll say this. Hurt. I'll say this. Bold prediction here. We're okay. going to win. We're going to win out for the month of February. Wow. I think we're going to win the next five, and that'll put us on an eight-game win streak. Um, I just think it's—I think it's time. I think they're turning it up. Uh, Kochetkov will be playing the majority of these games, more than likely. Maybe we see Spencer Martin against Columbus. I think so, considering uh, it's yeah, his old team. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a possibility. Um, and you know, who knows? Maybe we see Freddie at some point. He's getting close as well. But we'll talk about—we'll talk more about Freddie here in a bit. But. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a great rest of February, guys. I'm uh, super pumped. So, oh yeah, before before we before we move on to the next part, the Chicago game, I put out a tweet. Oh God, here we go. Put out, I put out a tweet, and here I will we go. say I got it right. I got it you right. Got Congratulations! You no longer need to learn Chinese. That's right. <laughs> just wanted just wanted to state that. Well, I didn't waste any time like putting up the hey, he is smart. I, I said I would do it, so I did it. <laughs> A B, if I got on here and and bragged every time I got a prediction right, we'd never talk about anything else. Well, I just had to throw that in there. It's been <laughs> just it's been two weeks. Calm I down. Think my, I'm just kidding. I, I was really happy with my Martinuk <laughs> one in the uh Arizona game, but we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. Is that that's the one? True. Is that the one where we told Yes, Sam. Sam. Yeah, he was that so bad that he was getting first. Oh no, 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 no! This was the, the one Arizona where you put game. up the. Yeah, I put the yeah, picture. Go ahead, of him tell pointing. the story. Yeah, I, I put up the picture of him pointing, and I said Martinook's calling his shot. Playoff Martinook incoming, that's and then right. he scores. What was it? Forty six seconds in, or whatever it was. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, like, wow, yeah. I didn't expect that to work that quick, but okay. That was great. That was great. I went nuts. Oh yeah, yeah, I did too. I, I, re- I retweeted that one. That was awesome. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah I, I had to. I had fun. to fall. I had to go to bed because I had to work the next day. But I, but when I woke up, I was like, oh, five to one win. You missed Kochekov playing defense. He went to the top of the circle to <laughs> try and. That's right. He did. That's oh, right. I did see it. Yeah, I saw that clip. Yeah, I was I like, bro, what clip. are you doing? <laughs> hey man, don't question his ways. It's working. Well, hey, guys, we got plenty to talk about here uh, moving forward. But before we do that, let's take a break and hear from our sponsor. You're listening to Kaniac Sessions. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey 
for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks to the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. We're back. We are back. We are back, Brian. You should, I usually do that. That is well, my I was thing. Letting you, I was letting you do your thing first. <laughs> well, he's we're we're back. We are back. We've never been so back, actually. I would say. I mean, it's it feels actually, like the first. No, that's we not are actually mean. back. All right, uh, no karaoke. Maybe later. Ooh, I'd take a couple. Uh, never mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, let's let's have uh, some discussion here. First thing I want to start with. Spencer Martin. Uh, everybody knows the story by now, or you should. If you don't, I'll remind you. Uh, the Hurricanes claimed Spencer Martin off of waivers from Columbus a little over a month ago, maybe a month and three or four days. I believe it was January 19th. Um, to kind of help backfill and, and buy some time while we were dealing with injuries and... Uh, I believe Kachetkov out with a concussion, and then we were relying on Ranta, and we all know how that works out when we have to rely heavily on Ranta. So they claimed Spencer Martin, brought him in, and everybody, well, I won't say everybody, a lot of people lost their minds, right? A lot of people didn't know about Spencer Martin, who he was, and, you know, if you just look him up and you look at his stats, it's just like, oh, boy. You know, um, but then if you kind of peel back the skin a little bit and look under, you know, he's been on a bunch of bad teams. And, you know, and I said this when it happened, but I kind of liked the move. I had been calling for somebody like this, you know, in the weeks leading up to this um, acquisition. But I said that we needed somebody between Ronta and Peretz, right? An AHL, probably regular a guy that you could call up and he could come up and get you a win from time to time, right? Like a guy like Alex Lyon was for us two seasons ago or three seasons ago, whenever it was somebody like that. And I feel, I felt like Spencer Martin was that kind of goaltender at that time. Um, but I didn't quite expect it to shape up this well. I mean, he has been outstanding in the three games that he's played as a hurricane. He's three and zero so far against teams like Boston, Vegas, and then Chicago. I mean, yeah, Chicago's having a down year, but they've got, I mean, one of the, the best young player in the game. Um, through those three games, he's got a 907 save percent percentage, and that's with the three goals that he gave up to Chicago, which might I add, I don't believe any of those were his fault. Um, mm -hmm. He was responsible for the win in Vegas. Uh, he had 29 saves on 30 shots, and he earned the first star that game. Um, I was kind of shocked when they came out the, the night before in Arizona and said that Kachetkov was going to start because I assumed that Martin would draw Arizona and then Kachetkov would go against Vegas. But um, that wasn't the case, and it was obviously the right decision because uh, it worked out. Spencer um, Martin is E-freaking-lead. That's right. For three games so far. So far. So far. But, I mean, there um, was, like, nothing to lose by claiming him, though, for us. Like, it was, it was low risk and all reward to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's was a true. zero risk transaction. I thought so, it was the only problem at first. I was livid. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this time, we everybody was assuming that the, the organization was lying about Freddie Anderson. And that, mm -hmm. you know, they were just trying to hide something. They, that's, that's what everybody thought. But it turns out that, you know, maybe that wasn't the case. Maybe they were telling the truth. But my question for you guys, though, is, is this just a hot start, you know, because he's motivated to prove something? Or is this how he can he can be? Like, can he consistently perform in this manner? You know, he's never really had a good team in front of him like he does now. And he said as much uh, in his interview. But um, so maybe, you know, if you put him behind a good team and a good defense, maybe he can continue this way. What do you guys think? I mean, 
Spencer Martin is e freaking elite right now. So if it isn't broke, don't fix it. But obviously, uh, I'm regarding Freddie. I'm so, so happy for him. I'm so happy that uh, he's getting back uh, to doing what he loves, and you know, hope that he can be the goalie that uh, we all know uh, without any uh, medical complications that will affect him down the line. That that's that's the main thing. Um, and you know, if say, if something's like completely out of nowhere happens, we do have Spencer Martin. So yeah, I mean, I'm happy with both the scenarios right now. So I don't have any complaints. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Spencer Martin is making it very apparent thus far that he does not want to leave. That is right for sure. He's definitely like making a case to be like, I'm your, the, the way I see it right now, Freddie's return looks relatively imminent so Mm -hmm. what the situation is going to be here within a couple of weeks if you know what with what walt ruff said earlier the third spot is going to be up for grabs and that's going to be between ronta and martin that's what he's playing for right now neither one of them are going to overtake a neither one of them are going to overtake freddie once he's back in the lineup so that's what he's playing for right now is just making sure that he still has that third string job now, to reference the last time that we claimed a goalie off of waivers, it worked out really well in that of Curtis McElhinney. His numbers mm-hmm. were not the best when he left Toronto, and when he got picked up, people were like, but why? He's a dinosaur, and he won us a playoff series. Yeah. The first sweep in franchise history. That was mm-hmm. thanks to him. So yeah. I think that they've actually, like, I-, I hate to use this phrase, but I think they found a hidden gem in Spencer Martin. Now he's on a team that has a really good defense in front of him. And when you've got Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, Brady Shea and company in front of you, you play a very different game. All of our centers are very defensively responsible. All of our wings are covering their point positions. He's not got nearly as much responsibility on him here as he would have in Columbus. So it makes the job of stopping the puck a whole lot simpler for him, and he's taking advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. I agree with that. My only question, though, is at some point we're going to see him return to earth here uh, and he's going to have a bad game. I mean, if he plays enough, he's going to have a bad game. And and mm-hmm. and what I'm interested to see is how he responds to that. You know, does he come out and and kind of shake it off and get back at it or, and, and do well? Or is he just going to nosedive and plummet? I think that's I think that's going to be the 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 signal to let us know, like, okay, he's on a hot start, or he can do this long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard reports that, you know, historically, if you play him too much, then he begins to fall off. Um, but, you know, hey, if he's the third guy uh, behind Anderson and Kuchetkov, you know, history has shown us that those two are in and out, you know, for injuries or, you know, whatever it is. So the third goaltender in Carolina is still going to play their fair share of games. Mm. And, uh, you know, what I, I think, think – uh, Oh, think go ahead. Good. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm done. Go ahead. Um, what I think, too, is Spencer Martin, obviously, if you're an NHL goaltender, you are top – you were top of the top. Like, you know, like you are there for a reason. I felt like if – he were to lose a game in Carolina, it would be a lot easier to bounce back from than say mm-hmm. when he was in Columbus. Cause also his record and his save percentage showed because yeah, you can have a bounce back game, but can the team also have a bounce back game? So I think that's the difference between where he was to where he is now. And, you know, with auntie Ranta, I mean, I just haven't heard anything about him. once Spencer Martin took over like that. I mean, that was probably it. And, uh, you know, obviously I want the best for Ronta, but if Martin is doing what he's doing, I don't really see Ronta being here um, at the deadline, in my opinion. Now, I could totally be yeah. wrong, but like you said, those first two goalies are not going to change. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and and we'll get more into this here in just a minute. You know, I want to talk about what, you know, what you guys or what we think it'll look like when everyone's back as far as goaltenders go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of talk through some scenarios. But um, before we do that, before I give my take, uh, we will say that 
Freddie Anderson is currently, and we have alluded to this, you know, earlier, but he is currently fully practicing with the team. Mm -hmm. Um, he gave us a little bit of a, well, I won't say he, but the team gave everybody a little jolt the other day when it was announced during morning skate that Freddie was in the starters crease for Chicago. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. My phone was like blowing up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was freaking out too. As it turns out though, Piotr Kachekov was actually under the weather and they gave him a maintenance day. Um, so because of that, they took the opportunity to put Freddie uh, in the starters crease just so he could see some more shots during practice. Uh, and then Spencer Martin, who would end up being the starting goaltender that night, man, the opposite net. Um, but that night, Freddie obviously didn't dress or, or play or back up. Uh, Martin got the start and Kachetkov backed up. I uh, just didn't practice. So um, Freddie's interview today, actually, or uh, the, on the 21st, if you're listening to this you know, later, his interview today on the 21st post-practice seemed to indicate that we're probably maybe a week or two away from seeing him on the ice, uh, maybe in some game action, maybe sooner, maybe later. We'll see. Um, and just to note quickly, while we're talking about returning for injuries, Jalen Chatfield was also in a no-contact sweater today at practice, but he did practice. Um, we probably won't see him against Florida, uh, but we'll see how he progresses. Uh, so probably uh, the Tony D'Angelo experience uh, against Florida, which may not be a bad thing. Um, so that is what's going on with Freddie. Now that we have addressed that, that brings us to our next discussion. And I'm going to get your guys' take on this and what you think. But what do we do, or when I say we, I mean the Carolina Hurricanes, what do they do when Freddie's back, assuming that will indeed happen, which it looks like it is, and then we have Kachetkov, Spencer Martin, and then at some point we're going to get a healthy Ronta, right, assuming he returns from his injury uh, sooner rather than later. So how do we sort out this goalie situation? Um, it It's crazy how it's progressed. Not too long ago we had one healthy goalie on our NHL roster, and that was Kachetkov, and we were calling guys up from the ECHL to come up here and play, and, and that's just insane to me. Um, but now with you know the acquisition of Spencer Martin, Freddie returning from his medical issues, we potentially have four NHL-caliber goaltenders. What are some scenarios we could see? What do you guys think? Um, so I would say uh... – I would think that Ronta will probably maybe unfortunately have to go back to Chicago if that's still an agreement in place. Now I have to double check and see if he has to go through the waiver wire again. I don't think he does, but based on everything we've seen, I think that's what we go with. And then he's there if we need him. But it's also, you could do that with Spencer Martin as well. And he's more recently been a mainstay in the American Hockey League. So it would be a little bit easier for him to probably come down or go down and come back up if needed. Um, that's the only spot that you have to decide in terms of which one of those two guys is going to be who you keep on the full-time roster and scratched. The top two, we already know who those two are going to be. So the way I see that shaping up, they're going to send one of those guys down. I think it'll be Ronta. Um, and then that's the three that we'll probably roll with throughout the rest of the season. Now, I believe and I could be wrong on this, but I'm about 90% sure that Ronta would have to, well, both of them would have to clear waivers. Um, whoever you send down has to go through yeah, waivers. Yeah, you're right, actually, yeah. I believe it's 30 days. I believe when once Ronta returned from Chicago, I believe he's got 30 days before he must clear waivers again. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on that. I think you're right. But I believe, you know, if you send Martin down, you got to put him in waivers, and the same with Ronta. Mm -hmm. So does that change? Does that change your your perspective at all, or um, do you still go with that? I I think I still go with that. Um, from the standpoint, the biggest difference being Martin is more likely to stay healthy, from what we can tell so far. That's the biggest I think, reason I think that you got to keep him up over Ronta. And I think Martin's more likely to get claimed. That's another good point because teams that are looking for goaltending depth, 
the way he's playing right now, and he's still pretty young, yeah, they're going to grab him if they can. Absolutely. Uh, AB, what do you think? Assuming, and this is all assuming that that Freddie comes back and plays like Freddie, right? This is not, a, you know, Freddie comes back, plays two games, and gives up sixty goals or something crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, what do you think, AB? Well, Cooch is my guy. He's my guy. Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, it's going to be really hard to take him off the number one spot if Freddie plays the way Freddie that we know he can play. I think it all comes down for that part with age and with experience. I don't know if they would say, Hey, you know, you're the starter for the playoffs. Like here it is. Take, take it by the reins and run with it. Um, That's the confusing part uh, with those two. Spencer Martin needs to stay with the team. Auntie Ranta has just been on and off the whole year. And ever since he signed that new deal, and he knows his time here is up. Uh, but it's just it, like you and Brandon said, it's too much of a liability to um, put Spencer Martin on waivers, especially teams that are like wanting to win now and they need a backup just in case. So I would keep Freddie and uh, Cooch at one and two, not in any particular order. Uh, obviously, Cooch would actually be number one for me. Playoffs, I have no idea. 1A, um, 1B. Pretty much. And Martin would be a scratch. And I think it's time for Ron to, to you know go back to AHL. And if he gets picked up on waivers, you know, it's unfortunate, and if he doesn't, that's great. Uh, I and it hurts because I love Auntie Ranta. He's such a nice guy. You know, everybody loves him on the team, but you know, it comes to now: Are you in it for feelings, or are you in it to actually win the damn thing? That's yeah. my take. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, look, I think this is this, and this is my opinion. But I think your your depth chart right now, as far as the goaltender, goal, uh, the goalie position is, um, again, this is when all four are back and healthy. I think it's Kachetkov, Freddie, Martin, and Ronta. I think that's your depth chart, right? I agree. You know, once they start playing and depending on who plays well and if somebody falls off or whatever, you can kind of, you know, move those around as you see fit. But I think Kachetkov and Freddie are, are 1A, 1B. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Martin and Ronta. Um you could wave Ranta or Martin. Don't know if they would clear, but let me tell you something. If you're going to wave somebody, if that's the if if that's what the organization decides to do, it's got to be Ranta. You right. have to keep Spencer Martin on this roster. Why? Because what happens if Freddie comes back and he's not Freddie? What happens if Freddie comes back, he takes a step back medically, and he's right back into this you know, blood clotting issue again. I mean, that can return, you know, I mean, we just, just cause he's cleared now doesn't mean he's, he's out of the woods. I mean, this could, this could be a recurring issue for him for the rest of his life. You know, what if that happens again? If that you happens, know, you, then you've still got all three. If like, exactly. Right. Yeah. So either exactly. way, like you're insulating the position, like what you're saying is 100% accurate. You're insulating the position, either scenario that goes down, you've at least got above replacement goaltending, and you that's have a right. chance to win. Because once March 8th gets here, that's it. You know, if, if you if you, just like last year when Svetch went out post trade deadline, like that's mm-hmm. it. When you lose your guy, that's it. You got to roll with what you got. And so <laughs> do we want to be calling Yanni Peretz up like as a black ace or whatever in the playoffs to go in and play like <laughs> no he um he got exposed to the NHL and I I think the best Uh-oh. way you can though Yannick Perez right. did because yeah, he right. he he's in a game with a foregone conclusion in the third period only had to face a few shots he didn't get the Jack LaFontaine treatment that's what I was getting ready to say yeah so you know I what? was happy that he got to play in the manner in which he did he had no pressure going in let me say something let me take a break here and say something in the arena when they are like 
in the pregame when they're putting all the stats up on the you know the the jumbotron or whatever, and it it's showing like all the team leaders, you know, team you know, who's got the most goals for the team, both teams playing, and who's got the most assists, the most points. Then it comes to the goalies, and it shows like the goalies from each team who have the highest save percentage in every game since Yanni Peretz played against the Kings. He's got a 100% save percentage, percentage. and they put that up there every flipping game, and it's driving me insane. He's so good, dude. He's that good. How many shots did he face? Was it one? It doesn't matter. He's got a 100% save percentage. I think it was like six or something that he faced. It It wasn't a whole lot, but it's like... That's why it's like I'm, I'm glad that he got exposed to it in that way. But that would drive me nuts, too, because it's like he literally hadn't played a whole period. I, know. I mean, that is statistically and, and, accurate, but still. They put it up there every pregame, and I'm just like, oh, we're going to do this the rest of the season, aren't we? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> he leads no, the I, team in save percentage. So I think he's going to be an excellent goalie, though, once he's developed properly and everything oh, like yeah. that. And once we have an AHL affiliate and we don't have to have any more dealings with the Chicago Wolves ever again, hopefully. So hey, you know what? I saw some speculation that there could be a potential reunion between the Wolves and the Hurricanes next season. No. Um no. and and it would listen, and it wasn't just I don't think it was just purely speculation. I think it was people with um a little bit of insider knowledge, like in the in the AHL and the Wolves organization, um that there have been some mending of relationships recently, and you know, obviously. We've got guys going there. We sent Ron to there. We've got Pano playing there. Um, so maybe I just think we should never have never have look, ever let go of the checkers. Ever. Well, that's 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 probably accurate, but we did. So, but I think it's a good thing. If you can if you can mend that relationship with Chicago and and come up with some kind of path forward, you don't have to have a, a you know an expansion AHL team and stand build an arena and find a place to play. And if you can just work it out with Chicago, it would help us. It would help them. Um, yep. It's a no brainer. Just quit trying to, I don't know, just quit trying to strong arm the other organization and try to assert your dominance and just get along. Yeah. Cause it, uh, it hadn't been good for them either. No, Exactly. All right, so some other things, and you, you know, we can just touch on. And we've talked about waving uh, Ranta or Martin, but you know, if you look at it maybe from the other side, and and you say, okay, what if the organization doesn't want to keep all four on the roster? What if um, we want to include a Spencer Martin in a trade package? Uh, he may, you know, he could have decent trade value if he keeps playing like this. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe that's a potential. Uh, scenario that could present itself. Um, and I believe, and I don't know if I'm right here, but I think you can still send Kachetkov to the AHL. I'm not saying I think they should or they will, but it's an option if you get to a spot where uh, you need to cut cut somebody off the roster to make room. You could always send Kachetkov to the AHL and keep the other three in Raleigh. But yeah, it should be interesting to see what they do. Any Any final thoughts on this, guys? No, just time to kind of send Ranta out to the pasture. And that pains me to say, but it's time. I mean, I'm kind of on the same thing with like, I think it's time to trade Pesci and Brett Pesci is one of my favorite players ever. So yeah, I I understand what it's like to not want to put your favorite players out the, out the pasture, so to speak. He's not one of my favorite players, but I I like him a lot, but yeah, yeah. I will say this too. I, I, I love Tony D'Angelo, but I'm ready to send him to the pasture as well. I know you guys disagree with that, but I I, uh, I just can't. I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm done with. I'm done with D'Angelo in Carolina, man. At least this year. Uh, he's been he, he's been better year. as of late. He's been he's been better recently. That Shea and D'Angelo pairing, if Pesci yeah, were to could, get that traded, that could work. Yeah, I was actually advocating for that one. In, uh, they play with each other in uh, New York, and Orloff. Uh, I mean, with Chatfield, I mean, Orloff is a totally different uh, player, even though, you know, he doesn't put up the points for the money that he's making. I mean, you know, he's not making that many mistakes anymore. So, yeah. I also like seeing Orloff play on his offside, though. He looks much more comfortable on the right. 
Like, there's a lot of defensemen who can play both sides, but Orlov looks like he excels playing on the right, being a left-handed shot. Like, if you do trade Pesci or Tony for that matter, you got a multitude of options of how you could configure the defense. Slavin and Burns, you're not going to touch that. That's been working mm-hmm. too well for going on two seasons now. That's not going to change. Mm-hmm. But there are a multitude of options with that. The the Tony and Shea pair worked out pretty well. Yeah, I think it did too. I agree. I just I just wish he would start scoring. You know, I, I Orlov. Yeah. Well, he got an Orlov, assist. No, I'm talking about D'Angelo. Oh, you're talking about D'Angelo. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not like getting enough minutes. That's the thing right now. It's just there's really no. Well, need he's not. For, he's not. He's not on the power play either. Yeah. There's no need to put him on the power play because our power play is fine. No, don't don't do anything to the power play right now. Yeah. All right. So just kind of wrap this up here. And I mean, we don't have to wrap it up, but just kind of last little discussion here is just I want to get your overall thoughts on the, the the current state of the team. Like, you know, how how do you guys feel about where we're at? Um, you know, kind of how they've been playing and just looking forward between now and mid-April. Um you know, just just how ha- ha- how do you think the current state of the team is? If I were to say, I think we're in a really good position right now. I think that our scoring is starting to get back to where it needs to be. Our defense is playing a lot better. Our goaltending is outstanding right now, um, and it'll help if Freddie, like we talked about before, if Freddie plays the way that he plays comes back in the lineup we're going to even be even better however i do think there is still something missing and i've seen you know like trades da, 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 you know all, all this stuff and carolina's not going to make a move unless it has term they're not going to do the whole gossip spare thing they did last year even though they tried i think they tried to re-sign him they did. They offered him two years, and he didn't take it. So, no. you know, they're just long-term, and right now it's not really a time to be long-term because, I mean, five really important guys' contracts are coming up this year. So Oliver Bjorkstrand's name has been out there today as well as someone who might bad. be on the trade block. He's I think he bad. would help. Um I, I I don't have much to back this up after the last time we played Arizona, but I'm still kind of on the Nick Schmaltz train because I think that Schmaltz would have similar effects to when we traded for Trocheck. He does have term. like, And I was actually looking at the numbers the other day. At the time that we traded for Trocheck, he was having kind of a down season. He was below 50% in the face-offs, and I think he only had 36 points or something like that. And we were well on our way through the season when we got him. And then once he got to Carolina, he slotted into the second line center spot and he improved the power play immediately. A lot more clean entries, five on five, a lot more possession time. And he's, you know, agitating guy, bring some sandpaper and Schmaltz isn't all about that particular aspect of it. But as far as being a playmaker, driving possession and everything like that, and he'll go to the dirty areas and he'll get stuff done in that regard. I think that he would be a good fit in that case. The only thing is, though, I'm not entirely convinced we need to really be worried about KK yet. I know that he's been had a hard time lately in the offensive side of things. I personally don't start worrying about KK if until he stops hitting people and stops playing well defensively and habitually stays well below 50% in the faceoff circle. That's when you got to really start worrying about KK with what we're paying him. He's, he's always done this where his scoring comes in waves. So... At this, this point, do a... we add a center? Do we add a winger? That's part of the reason I like the idea of getting Schmaltz because he plays both. Yeah. yeah. I think Bjorkstrand plays both, too. Bjorkstrand also plays right, both. But mostly he's right, yeah. Yeah. So that's why it's like a, utilit- a utilitarian forward like that. That could be a good add. Yeah, I agree with that. I um, Yeah, KK, I, I, I don't want to sound the alarm either, but like – and and you can put up with a little bit of, you know, ups and downs, ebbs and flows, whatever you call it, but – Man, two months, guy. Like, quit. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, that's a long time. Like, I can deal with like you know a week or two. Um, that's fine. But man, you're talking two months, and 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 he wasn't even like he's barely assisting either. It was literally like maybe four points in two months. Just it can't happen again. No, no. he's going to have yeah. to become more consistent. It, you know, 
we don't need to be we don't need to be a point per game, but um, mm. somewhere north of zero a game would be good. So, um, while we're talking about this, there was a piece that um, Pierre LeBrun put out in the Athletic, and it was a uh, it was he, he sat down with J- uh, Don Waddell and just talked about the trade deadline. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I just thought about it when we're talking about the trade deadline. But um, he he kind of I didn't think he gave his typical we like our group speech. I think he. Said. He's kind of said what he always says, but in a different way. He talked about, you know, he, he says his little cliche. We're always looking to improve our team. If we see something that's out there that can make our team better, then we will definitely visit it, right? He gave that. But, you know, he talked about the defense uh, as being the strength of the team, which I agree with. Um, His words kind of made me think that there's no way Brett Pesci is going anywhere before the end of the season. Um. He talked about – I won't go into detail what he talked about. Here's what I thought when I read – after I read this article, this is the feeling I got. We are going to pick up two, possibly three players at the deadline. I think it's going to be – I think we're going to bring in a depth defenseman, another one, um, to be the seventh or eighth defenseman depending on who plays and who's hurt and whatever. Uh, because you don't want to go to Dylan Coglin if you take an injury or two in the playoffs. Do you really want to start Dylan Coglin in the playoffs? No, why not? So I think uh, I felt like we were going to sign a depth defenseman. I think we are looking for a bottom six forward that can come in like a bigger guy, bigger body that uh, can be physical and basically, you know, be scratched or bring them in if you need them or whatnot. And then we are looking for, I really believe they are looking for a top six or maybe you could say top nine, you know, forward that can come in and score. Maybe a right-handed guy. I think they're looking for it. And I don't believe they think that we have a problem in net anymore. So that's just my take on, on the article and kind of the vibes I got from it. But I think we're looking at two, maybe three players possibly between now and the deadline. Um, and the deadline is just, what, three weeks away or less? So uh, if you haven't read that article, go check it out. Pierre Lebrun on The Athletic. But uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think that's kind of spot on or or do you just do you, do you think something else? I think, honestly, the seventh, eighth defenseman, it really looks like Tony D'Angelo is not going to be here. Um, so, but if nothing well, he happens, may he may yeah. be though. I don't think this, I think regardless of what happens to Tony, if they trade him or not, I think they're going to go get a guy anyway. Maybe another winger coming in. Uh, I wouldn't say physical because we have Brendan Lemieux. Yeah. He's not big, but you know, he does his job. Oh, yeah. I've heard reports that, uh, from Dave, something starts with a P I, I don't know. Um, the Penguins are kind of looking to maybe yeah, so, think yeah, about getting Sell oh, Riley Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's also something they can look at because when he plays well, he's really good. Mm-hmm. He won a cup in Vegas. So, you know, maybe uh, – I, I don't know. I just don't see I, – I, I honestly think that we may make a big splash with one player. Yeah. If I well, have to the thing, predict. Here's the thing to remember. We don't have – we don't have an AHL team to where you can just go get, you know, Max Lajoie and bring him up to be a black ace um, and then bring up, you know, whoever else it was. I, I don't remember. But, like, we don't have any of those guys. They're all, like, somewhere – I mean – well, Max Lazois signed somewhere else, but um, you don't have an AHL group to just bring up. I mean, unless you're going to bring up from Norfolk or, you know, I think we might have like what, five or six, you know, four or five players or whatever spread 
like Springfield and uh, somewhere else. In All the of them AHL, are forwards, but, pretty much. Yeah, right. A lot of our guys are in Europe, so um, you're not you don't have those black aces that you can just bring up. So maybe it makes sense to go ahead and get another defenseman just to have sitting around the the dressing room. You know, if you need them, I don't know. So what It'd I picked up on, what I picked up on in that article, I I did kind of pick up on what was a little bit of a dog whistle saying, hey, we are going to go get a forward or two. Mm-hmm. Now I think if you move either Tony or Pesci out, you do have to grab a seventh defenseman of some sort, just just a safety valve, shut down, stay at home, bottom pair guy. You don't need anyone crazy. Um, so I think that what they're going to do is if they move any of the defensemen out, it will be an exchange for a one to a two, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a one to a two piece trade. And we know what part of the depth chart we need them. Spencer Martin coming in. We talked about him a lot on this episode has definitely changed the goaltending situation for the better because y'all have seen what the goalie market looks like right now. It's mad inflated. We don't want to go to that if we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they improve in the forward core, give up a little bit on the blue line to do it. I think that they're on the right track, but I picked up the same thing you did. That wasn't the typical, we like our group, we're going to the playoffs with this roster. There's something's going to happen. Yeah, I think so too. And I, you know, I've speculated and thought that, you know, I've been saying it for, you know, a couple of months. I think that, I think that uh, they're going to surprise us this year. Uh, they surprised us in the offseason by going and getting the biggest, the, you know, the, arguably the Big number one free agent. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they went and got that guy and paid him a ton. I mean, who, <laughs> when have they ever done that? You know what I mean? When have they gone and play, paid a premium for the number one guy on, in, in free agency? You know, it's just never unheard of, but they did it. And that's why I believe, you know, if they, they, they've got money to spend and I think it's, uh, I think something, something big is about to come down the pipe. We'll see. Uh, but it, you know, it may very, very well be a March eighth transaction. So we'll see. Ideally, I hope that's not the case, but you know, I understand because I, I, if we do make a move, I want repetition with the team and not like late repetition. Yeah. The so, one upside yeah. is if they wait until the last minute, that's that much more cap space they'll have to use. So I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm because as it stands right now, I think that they have if they wait to make a trade on March 7th, I think they will have eight point seven three million in cap space, I think. And you can do a lot of damage with that, especially if you move salary out or the other side retains. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of options there. Well, somebody's going to have to go somewhere because they got to create a roster spot. Yeah. Yeah, that's I the mean, tricky part. That, you know, that's true, too. I didn't even think about that because we're especially carrying all the goalies we've been carrying. We're at twenty three. That's right. And if you keep three goalies, then, you know, that's uh, that, that's even more of a jammed up roster. But, you know, hey, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. But, um, you know, I, I feel like we're in good shape. And uh, I think we are poised to make a run here. I think we're going to finish off the regular season strong. I think um, I think the, you know, hindsight 2020. I think the struggles that we dealt with in the beginning of the season ended up proving to be a, I won't say a great thing, but it made the team better, in my opinion. Uh, Adversity, they got through it. They came up on the other side better. And I think a lot of that will show up. Well, I'll say the lessons learned from that will show up in the playoffs. Uh, So... I think uh, we've got just a, a better chance this year than we have had last year and when we went pretty deep last year. So we'll see. Any I last thoughts? De- I think the beginning of the season was definitely a wake-up call because you could tell, especially with, you know, we retained pretty much the entire team, the only additions being Orlov and Bunting. And you could tell everybody, fans, players, everyone was just like they wanted the playoffs to start on October 9th, and that's not what was yeah. going to happen because – we thought we had it last year. We really did, or at least I did. So I think that part of that that was wrong with them wasn't so much the influx of new guys. It's just they were ready for it to be April, and not everyone was buying in. And now they had the players-only meeting after the game in Vancouver, and they've been fine ever since. 
there have been very few glaring issues since then, and they've never lasted for very long. So I think that I, I wasn't feeling good before. I'm feeling a lot better now. I agree with you. They are going to make a big splash at the trade deadline. I expect there to be at least two new faces on this roster before March 8th. Yeah, it could happen. And, uh, well, I mean, I know I just keep coming up with stuff here, but I don't know. I keep going back and forth, but I'm, I think I'm off of the trade nature's wagon here. Um, I don't want that guy to go anywhere. No, I'd say keep him because he's one of the few guys on the team who consistently makes one man entries. And he's one of the few guys on the team that can carry a puck 198 feet and put it in the net on this team other yeah. than Ajo. And yeah, in some out ways, of his mind right now. Yeah. So it's like, with, I, it, I, it's hard for me to fathom us giving up a player that is that talented. When it comes to skating ability, he has got to be one of the best ones in the league. His edge work is remarkable. His ability to just seamlessly transition into a stride and go and create separation. Yeah. It's unreal. Two little short choppy steps and he's in another, he's in another zip code. It's like, I definitely don't want to give up on a player that talented. And right now it looks like he's getting closer and closer to that potential that we've been all seeing that he could have. Yeah. Um, I just hope he shows up in playoffs. Uh, I think that's the, that's going to make or break his next contract. And, it, and I agree. I think, I think the playoffs is what's going to determine whether he's a hurricane next year or he's playing in Canada somewhere or wherever. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll see. Last thing too. Uh, well, I won't say last thing because I keep coming up with things. Another thing, uh, Jarvis, he's going to get something this off season and, and I'm 99.99% sure he will remain in Carolina. He very well may be a hurricane his whole career, but um what do you what what do you think he gets? Do do you think they should uh, bridge him or should we go ahead and ink up an eight year extension here? I would say seven. I say seven for seven. That's that's I think the highest that I would go money wise. Seven for seven, and I think that's fair. Seven by seven is a good deal for him. I think. Get it done before free agency, or he will get offer sheeted. Yeah, you're going to start seeing those happen every summer now. Uh, it's like uh, it's like the Aho one, and then the KK one that totally was not retaliation at all. Um, that <laughs> that kind of set something in motion because it's like they were all the, the entire NHL was having a standoff to see who's going to be the first person to do an offer sheet since I think it was the Shea Weber one, mm -hmm. and then Montreal, you know, they were the first one to throw that volley out. And then Carolina did the one on Kokiniemi. And I think it's only a matter of time before offer sheets start becoming a regular thing. And the only way that they're really going to be big news is if they happen to like big name RFAs. If it's mm -hmm. like some, you know, guy that's like a middle six center or a bottom pair defenseman that's an RFA, it won't really make the news too much. But as far as teams trying to get better, faster, and offer sheeting, RFAs to do it, I think that's going to become more frequent. So if you go and lock Jarvis up now for a seven by seven, that deal will age really well as the cap goes up. So I'd say go ahead and do that now. And if you don't think you're going to get Natchez done by then, trade him because he will get offer sheeted too. Yeah, I don't know if we see a seven year uh, deal done this 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 time with Jarvis. I, I bet you, I bet you he takes a bridge. Um, I, and I bet you the team would want to do that too, just to kind of, you know, because the cap is going up. If he, if he takes a two year deal now at, you know, he can go two and two by seven, um, you know, then he potentially get a higher contract, you know, after that, depending on how he plays and, you know, how the cap goes up and, and, and whatever, but I don't really see a long-term contract in the, the, the near future. Um, I think it's going to be more of a an Ajo type situation where he signs a shorter contract up front and then his big contract comes, you know, mid-career. So we'll the see. The timing for that actually worked out really well mm -hmm. because he'll be, let's see, I think he'll be 34 when his extension expires. And I don't see any reason why he wouldn't play a little bit longer after that. So... Yeah, Jarvis doing a bridge deal is probably a good idea as well. Natchez, I don't think you can do a bridge with him again. Like you either have to sign him no. or let him get or trade him. One of the two. Yeah, because he's you know this is his. I mean he's RFA, but after this, mm -hmm. that's it. He's UFA. 
um, at the end of this next contract. So you you know, Jury's an RFA think, too. Who it say again? Jury's an RFA. I think at the end of this season yeah. as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah his rookie deal's over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think you keep him too. Absolutely, he, that kid is the defensive side of it was already there. He just had to get the scoring touch and get the physicality going, and I think he just had to you know put some muscle on and everything because he's not getting pushed around like he was before. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's totally made me eat my words. And yeah, me I'm, too. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, glad. I'm glad. So. All right. Well, hey, this was fun, guys. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Brandon, thanks for joining us again. Uh, Thank you really for having me again. It. I'm. It's always a pleasure. Oh I'm yeah. Sure, I'm sure you'll be back at some point uh, real soon. But yeah, and I'll see you guys tomorrow night, which is soon yeah. to be tonight. Actually, at, well, at the time people start listening to this, that it will be the night of. Yeah, you're on your way on your drive down, right? Yep, I will be here shortly. All right. Well, hey, uh, I'm done. So take it away, AB. Thank you all so much for listening to Session 29. If you haven't already, please go follow Brandon on all of his socials, X and YouTube, at The Warning Take. Am I forgetting anything else? Nope. Thank you, sir. And you can follow Griff on X at M underscore Griff 10. And you can follow me on X at AB Kaniac session. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you in session 30. Bye. Thanks for listening to Kaniac sessions to stay up to date on all Kane's news or to interact with Griff and AB. Please follow us on X, Instagram, or Facebook at Kaniac sessions. Let's go Kane. Let's go Kane.